Gain valuable perspective to help you navigate through the storms of life next. With the right perspective, confidence can be restored. With the right perspective, endurance can happen. You can get through another day. Now, I realize some listening into me right now, you're thinking, another day, Ed, I need the strength to get through another hour. Listen, with the right perspective and the power of God, you can get through another hour and another hour. And pretty soon you'll start counting the hours and an hours will become days. And days will become weeks. Weeks will become months. And before you know it, you'll find the presence and power of God, a great comfort in your time of need. This is amazing grace. This is Hi there. Great to have you in our listening family as we present Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. Ed is in the midst of a series called Help for the Troubled Heart. And maybe that describes you today. Your heart is troubled as life has taken a dramatic left turn and you're hurting. Well, today we're going to lift our eyes above the present difficulties to the glory that awaits us in heaven. It will not only provide much needed perspective, but is greatly encouraging. Here's Ed in Romans 8. Take your Bibles and open them to Romans chapter 8, verse 18, in a Bible study that I've entitled, Our Suffering Now Can't Be Compared to the Glory Then. And because it hurts so much, and things can be so hard in the midst of trial and pain, there is that thought throughout the church today among believers there's even a stream of false teaching within the church today that goes something like this. We're Christians. We shouldn't have to suffer. Jesus took all the suffering that would ever need to be taken on my behalf, so we shouldn't have to suffer. We live in the United States of America. We have given up all to follow Jesus. So therefore, along the way, we should be immune to suffering. And some of that is indeed true. We do live in an incredible time in history a time of great prosperity and joy, a time in the United States of America of time of comfort and ease to some degree. We're seeing the gospel go forth with power and effectiveness in ways never seen before. But no matter how good it might be, no matter how far along we may find ourselves, there's something that is important to understand, and that is this. We all suffer. There isn't anyone listening to my voice, followers of God or even haters of God. Doesn't matter where you are in life, we all suffer, believer and unbeliever alike. I would even say especially the believer suffers, as the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Jesus taught us in John chapter 16, verse 33, these things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. 
You and I are going to suffer in this world. Pain and problems will follow us. Trials and troubles will be ours. Sometimes it will be our own fault and failures that bring pain upon us. At other times, it will be the fault and failure of others. Even some, it's a combination of the two. But know this, the root of all suffering is sin and its effects on the world. The Bible teaches us that the wages of sin is always death in one form or another. And yet Paul reminds us today in Romans chapter 8 verse 18, he says, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not to be worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Paul reminds us today that our sufferings are only temporary. They don't follow us into eternity. That it won't last forever. For the believer in Jesus Christ, your suffering will come to an end. Anybody want to amen on that? It's not going to go into eternity. You're not taking a baggage of difficulties into heaven. When you wake up in the presence of God, every wrong will be made right. Every injustice will be brought about with perfect justice. All the questions that you have today that cause you great turmoil and difficulty, all your questions, not just some of them, will be answered by a holy, righteous, loving God. It's true. Paul says, I consider. The word literally means, if you'd like to write in your Bibles, to calculate. It means to reason. Paul says, I've thought about this a lot. I've considered it. I've studied it. This is a calculated statement from Paul's heart to ours when it comes to our present suffering. The sufferings of this present time. What you and I are going through right now is not worthy to be compared to what's up ahead. The problem, of course, is that we live in time. We're alive now. We are waiting for the kingdom that will come. And while we wait, we often wait in pain. Some of you have horrific difficulties in your body. Some of you experience great pain in your mind. Some of you hurting emotionally, spiritually, physically. Paul would say this to us. I understand the value of sufferings in this present time, and they just don't compare to what's up ahead. That word suffering in verse 18, the sufferings, is actually a word that's used to describe the very sufferings of Christ. Walking and sharing in that suffering. It's at this point where many that are going through deep pain would say perhaps to me, Ed, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what I'm going through. What have you been through? Or you might even apply that to, to the Bible and say, what is Paul, who is this guy Paul, and what kind of credentials does he have to talk to me about my pain? What is it about this man that he has any kind of voice in my life to be able to speak about what I'm going through presently? Well, we do know that those that have gone through things before us do have a greater voice in our lives. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, the Bible teaches us that we receive in our pain and suffering the comfort of God. Why? So that 
through the comfort that we receive from God, we then can come alongside someone else and comfort them and point them in the right direction in their lives. So in order for Paul to really have validity, he would have to go through a few things. So what exactly did he go through? Let me show you. Turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Let me show you a few things that Paul records for us that he's gone through. Now, of course, any of the writers of the Bible have the absolute authority of God as he inspires them to write exactly what he wanted reserved. But if you do have a little skepticism today and your pain is so hard and so deep that you're resistant to receive, I understand. And I don't stand in judgment upon you. It's a normal response. But I want you to know that Paul has the credentials. He knows of what he speaks. I think we can safely say that Paul has experienced so much more than we probably will ever experience in our lifetime. And he, get, he begins to give us a partial list here in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24. He writes to the church in Corinth, from the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. That means five times he was beaten 39 times. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I've been in the deep. In journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness, in toil, sleeplessness often, hunger and thirst, fastings often, cold, nakedness. Besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. Who is weak? Verse 29. And I'm not weak. Who's made to stumble? And I don't burn with indignation. If I must boast, I'm going to boast in the things which concern my weaknesses. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed forever, knows that I am not lying. Turn over to chapter 4, verse 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8. Once again, he shares things from his own personal experience. He says in verse 8, We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. Paul gives us insight to the difficulties of his life. Here's a man who dedicated most of his adult life to preaching the gospel, to loving people, to planting churches. You could say that he literally, in the time that he lived, reached thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people with the love and the mercy and the grace and the gospel of Jesus Christ. You could say he was surrounded by hundreds and hundreds of people that loved him and served alongside of him. To a letter he wrote to the church in Rome, to the Romans, he mentions names in chapter 16. He goes through a whole list of names, and as he wrote that letter, he had never even been to Rome yet. 
He knew so many people and served so many people and affected so many people's lives. But fast forward to the last few days before he dies. Where do we find Paul? Surrounded with many? No. Friends with notes and cards sent to him? No. He's alone. Some say in a jail cell, some say in house arrest, but he's in custody, awaiting the final judgment on his life, awaiting death, alone, cold. Because as he's writing, he says, would you please bring my cloak and a few books? And he begins to describe how people have forsaken him and left him, and he this mighty hero of the faith, this mighty man of God dies alone. The brother went through it. And he has, both inspired by God, and he has the credentials of his own personal life when he says, listen guys, I don't consider the sufferings of this present time to be compared to what's up ahead, of what God has waiting for us, of the joy that's going to be when you meet Jesus face to face of the love that you're going to experience in its fullness. It doesn't compare. He's not only suffering physically, but he's suffering emotionally. He's not only suffering emotionally, but he's suffering spiritually. On top of that, he's suffering interrelationally because the very people in the church in Corinth, when he's writing this, the very people in the church in Corinth had turned on him, as did many people taking advantage of him over the years. And yet the brother's faith stayed strong. And he wants us to understand the big picture or the right perspective. I mean, a brief survey through the book of Acts would show us what our brother went through. In Damascus, the Jewish council wants to kill him, so they throw him over the wall in a basket to save his life. In Antioch, he had the influential Jews of the city kick him out of town. In Jerusalem, the first time, the church leaders attack the gospel of grace and don't want anything to do with him. In Lystra, he was stoned so bad that they thought he was dead, but he got up and went back in to share the gospel. In Philippi, He was beaten senseless and thrown into jail to be broken out by an earthquake. In Athens, they mocked him as a fool, this learned, studied man. In Corinth, he was forced out of town. In Ephesus, a riot erupted as the maker of idols were upset with him and they chased him out trying to kill him. In Jerusalem, another time, he finally arrives to be arrested and eventually martyred there. This earthen vessel known as Paul, was broken so that the light of the gospel could clearly shine through and above him. I'm humbled when I consider the price that our brother Paul paid to be a minister of the gospel. Over the years, they've written books on martyrs. A martyr is someone that has given up their life for the sake of the gospel. Today in in the Sudan... We support a ministry where they have, they have chaplains that are constantly going out and ministering the gospel. And at least once a month, my pastor friend texts me, we lost another one, losing his life for the sake of the gospel. There's the book, Fox's Book of Martyrs, that chronicles the first century martyrs, both the apostles and many that followed after him. Another series of, a book, of books is known as Jesus Freaks. These are books that I used to use when I was discipling my kids when they were young. 
We would read one every night to be reminded of how the saints around the world are facing great difficulty and great hardship, even to the point of death for the sake of the gospel. And it humbles me each time I read of a new story. Or consider this one. It's the story is told of Pastor Floresu. He lived in the time of communism, and the communist torturers came to Pastor Florisu again, this time with red-hot iron pokers. Who else believes as you do? Give us their names. But the pastor would not speak. They had already cut him again and again with knives and beaten him very badly. When he refused to cooperate, he was returned to his cell. In his cell, starving rats were driven in through a large pipe. And therefore, he couldn't sleep having to defend himself at all times. If he rested for but a moment, the rats would attack him. And still he remained silent. Toward the end, they brought in his 14-year-old son and began to whip the boy in front of his father, saying they would beat him until the pastor told them what they wanted to know. And it drove the poor pastor half crazy. He bore it as long as he could. But when he could stand it no more, he cried out to his son, Alexander, Alexander, I must say what they want. I can't bear your beatings anymore. And his son answered, Father, do not do me the injustice of having a traitor as my parent. Withstand. If they kill me, I will die with the words, Jesus and my fatherland. And the communists became so enraged that they killed the young man in front of his dad for his unswerving faith in Jesus Christ. It's the reality of life. Difficulties of all sorts will come against us. In Acts chapter 14, verse 22, it says that we must, through many tribulations, enter into the kingdom of God. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. And in Romans chapter 8, we learn that the sufferings that we go through cannot be compared to what is still up ahead in the glory that awaits us. Understanding the true spiritual perspective of our trials is very important. It is not a wise thing for us to compare our trials with one another. Because whether you consider a particular trial a huge one and another trial a little one, it has the same effect on the person going through it. And so you might look at a person and maybe look down on them when they're going through something. Go, oh, I can't believe it's affecting them so much because if it happened to me, I could easily get through that. Or you can't look at someone else and say, man, I don't know if I could ever endure what they're enduring. Either one is a very simple response to pain because the person going through what they're going through is suffering and experiencing difficulty. And the best response to suffering is mercy and compassion, is coming alongside someone and encouraging them in the Lord, praying with them, reminding them of the big perspective. You remember the time when Elisha and his servant were surrounded by an army the king of Syria, this is 2 Kings chapter 6, the king of Syria 
was sending out his army to do battle with Israel, but was being defeated each time. And he asked, what's going on? Why are we being defeated? What kind of military intelligence do they have? And one of his servants said, it's not military intelligence. There's a guy in Israel that is so close to God that he can hear and know even what you say in secret in your bedroom. Well, this infuriated the king. And he sent armies to surround two men, whole armies to surround two men. In the morning, Elisha's servant, he goes out and he sees the army surrounding him and he freaks out just like you would. Like, what's going on? We're going to die. We're surrounded by armies. We're done. It's over. And Elisha's response, the prophet Elisha, his response was to pray. And what did he pray? God Open the eyes of my servant that he can see into the spiritual realm greater than what he sees into the physical realm. That's a paraphrase. And so what happens when Elisha prays, his servant's eyes are open and he sees that the armies of Syria are surrounded by spiritual chariots of horses sent by God. The mountain that says in verse, chapter 6, verse 17 is full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And in just the next verse, victory was given to Elisha and his servant, and they were left untouched even though they were surrounded by the armies. Where, what do we learn here? That with the right perspective, confidence can be restored. With the right perspective, endurance can happen. You can get through another day. Now, I realize some listening into me right now, you're thinking, another day, Ed, I need the strength to get through another hour. Listen, with the right perspective and the power of God, you can get through another hour and another hour. And pretty soon you'll start counting the hours and an hours will become days. And days will become weeks. Weeks will become months. And before you know it, you'll find the presence and power of God a great comfort in your time of need. Today on Abounding Grace, we listen to Pastor Ed Taylor's message, Our Suffering Now Can't Be Compared to Glory Then. It's part of our series, Help for the Troubled Heart. And I'd imagine this is just what many of you are needing to hear right now as you're in the midst of a difficult season of life. If you'd like to request this entire series or today's study alone, please call 877-30-GRACE. We ask for $2 per CD. That's 877-304-7223. You can also access the studies online at helpforthetroubledheart.com. You'll also find many other resources designed to encourage and build you up in the Lord at helpforthetroubledheart.com. Another way to listen to Ed's teachings is through the Calvary Aurora app. Search for Calvary Aurora. And you might also want to download the Grace FM Colorado app for more biblical encouragement. If your heart is troubled today and you'd like someone to pray for you, we'd invite you to send in your requests for prayer at calvaryaurora.org. Ed, how can our listeners pray and be a part of what we're doing here at Abounding Grace? You know, going through this series, Help for the Troubled Heart, has opened up so much opportunity for ministry. And how is it that you can be a part of it? Well, you know, as, as you mentioned, Larry, I, I, I really request and ask and even implore, if you want to use the word beg, I, please pray for us. Pray for our church here at Calvary Aurora. Pray for our radio ministry, Abounding Grace. Pray for the radio stations under our care, Grace FM. Pray for the Taylor family. Uh, pray for little Levi and everyone else that's struggling and going through deep, deep pain 
Um, those prayer requests are not given lightly. This isn't just something I'm asking you, just please pray. But would you, would you storm the gates of the throne room of grace? Would you run in to find help in time of need? And another way you can help is, of course, financially supporting the ministry here. It keeps us on all the radio stations around the country. It helps our production costs. It helps to give away all kinds of free resources and, and just give, give unto the Lord uh, through the radio ministry here over and above your regular tithe and offering of your church. And we'll use it uh, to further the gospel and, and spread these teachings all over. So pray and give and love on someone. Do you want to really help the ministry of Jesus Christ? Then step out and step into someone's life minister to them, love on them, and serve them in Jesus' name. So thanks, guys, for all of your love, support, and prayers. They are not missed. The love that you shower on us is not missed by us, but more importantly, it is not missed by your Father in heaven. For everything you do in secret, God will reward you openly. So thank you from the bottom of my heart, from my wife, Marie, and my kids. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Friend, if you'd like to make a donation to the ministry, you can do so online at calvaryaurora.org or call us at 877-30-GRACE. Glad you've taken time out for our study. We'll bring you more help for the troubled heart from Pastor Ed Taylor next time on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace with Ed Taylor is presented by Calvary Chapel, Aurora.